and welcome into the Locked On Razorbacks podcast. I am your host, John Neighbors. I am also the host of The Morning Rush, which you can catch every weekday morning from 6 to 9 on ESPN Arkansas. You can also check out our website at hitthatline.com for all types of great content dealing with the Razorbacks, whether it's articles, videos, podcasts, whatever it is. Check it out at hitthatline.com. Arkansas loses a close one to LSU. We'll talk about that one, as well as get into some of the SEC updates. Looking at the standings, of course, it doesn't really matter because we know what the SEC championship game is going to be all about, but maybe some coaches in peril in the ten- in the SEC side of things. Also, by Vitrino fired. Maybe get some basketball talk as well. Before we get into that, though, folks, Sling TV. You've heard me talk about it. You've heard me mention it. And I got to tell you, it's worth every single penny because it's gets such a great value. And I've been using it this whole time uh, during college football season. And it's truly the only way to watch college football, even with college basketball coming up. You know, you got to do that as well. Sling TV is the best way to watch all of it. And for $30 a month, you get the ESPN networks, the Pac-12 networks, the SEC networks, and so much more. You can also stream it on your big screen and all your favorite mobile devices. It gives you the live TV you love only better with no useless channels, no long-term contracts, no hidden fees, and you can cancel at any time. Sign up for Sling TV and get a seven-day free trial. That's only for you locked on listeners, okay? A seven-day free trial. Just go to sling.com slash locked on. That's S-L-I-N-G.com slash locked on and get yourself a free seven-day trial. I promise you, you will not regret it. It's worth every bit. So be sure to check that out at sling.com slash locked on. So the Arkansas Razorbacks fought. They fought tooth and nail. They tried. They put out a good effort. They had a good game plan together for LSU, but it was all for naught. Too little, too late. It's the Arkansas Razorbacks drops the game 24-17 against the LSU Tigers at home. Now, LSU was up 24-3 entering into the fourth quarter, which means Arkansas scored two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. You heard that right. They actually scored their points in the fourth quarter, but once again shows that you can't get it all together at once. And if you want to be able to win these games, if you want to be able to be a good football team, you got to play all four quarters. But Arkansas, too little too late for them. But i tell you what, though. I was there at the game. Kudos to all of you who were out there freezing your balls off, trying to power through the game itself. It was a chilly one. It was one of the more miserable games you'll ever go to. I think that uh, if you want to go back and look at some records of some really cold games, I think the Liberty Bowl in 2008 against Eastern Carolina, or 2009, excuse me, of Eastern Carolina, that one was a brutally cold one. Uh, the Cotton Bowl of 2001, a lot of people remember too. Uh, there's a few games, but that one was definitely worthy of being a miserable game for the weather and the elements and all of that. So kudos to all you fans that showed up and stuck it through. But I got to tell you that Arkansas's defense especially played well. I thought the offense had some problems, had some bad pieces, and uh, definitely had some bad plays, a.k.a. Jordan Jones and Rakeem Boyd running into each other. That was pretty pathetic. Uh, But either way, it was a close one. And at least was an entertaining one, to say the least. An entertaining game up until the very end. And I feel encouraged by this. Now, this is not going to be sunshine pumping because – the reality is that Arkansas is a two-win team. They're probably going to be 2-10, and, and we, we all know this. And I'm sitting here 
constantly trying to find new things to think about. Trust me, I want Arkansas to win as much as anybody. So that way I don't have to come onto this podcast every single week and talk about Arkansas losing. That's not what I want to do. That's not what I want to talk to you all about. But it's the reality. But I do believe that there are some encouraging things because when it comes to game planning, when it comes to having a style and a system that might be effective, I think Arkansas is really starting to show some of that. Now, there are still some growing pains. There's still some issues. But you're starting to kind of see how Chad Morris is manipulating a little bit and how he's trying to fill square pegs and round holes, if you will. And just imagine, just imagine if when this team gets talent. Just imagine when these recruiting classes start really piling up. Just imagine. That's what's going to be the difference for this program, for this team, and, of course, for Chad Morris. It's easier said than done, though, and there lies the problem. It's not something that you can just snap your fingers and it be all fixed overnight. It's going to take a few years. But, you know, after seeing all the games so far this year, and I was talking to a friend of mine who's really anti-Chad Morris, which, again, if you're if you're not sold on Chad Morris, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and berate you for it. I'm not going to get upset with you about it. That's You have a right to feel that way because there are plenty of reasons to feel a little skeptical of Chad Morris and what he was able to do. So if you feel that way, I'm not getting on to you for it. In fact, I may even lean towards that in some direction, but I guess I'm looking at it from a different perspective, a glass half full type of guy. And I was talking about this with a buddy of mine who's really anti-Chad Morris, and he was saying how you know there's just no reason for this team to be as bad as they are this year and to go... Oh, for in the conference, two and ten, oh and eight in conference is just unacceptable. Shouldn't happen. Even a bad coach can find his way to an SEC win. Da 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 da. You know, most of the time I would agree with you, but if you think about this roster and you think about the players that are on it, how many of these players are SEC caliber players? I mean, really, when you look up against a team like LSU, for instance, was there a single position on the field? single position that Arkansas stacked up well against LSU with. No. Not quarterback, not running back, maybe tight end, maybe the kicker, but that's it. Now, LSU may be a bad example because they're really good at most of the positions, but if you look at some of the guys that are playing for Arkansas, these aren't SEC caliber athletes. They're not SEC caliber players. And a lot of them may have been overvalued by people like myself or people like other guys in the media that talked about some of these players. Because I'm telling you right now, the only ones that I see is guys like Cheyenne O'Grady. I think he's a big-time playmaker. I think Rakeem Boyd's really good if they can just keep him healthy. I know he'd only had 10 carries for 30 yards but went out there late in the game. But I think if he's healthy, he's really good. I mean, that's it. I mean, who, who else are you looking at? Maybe Yelda Froholt? Okay. Not very that great. Maybe Dre Greenwall. Yeah, okay, I see that. He's pretty good. He's pretty good. Scooter Harris is all right. But that's like really it. I mean, you're talking about an entire team of 85-plus players. And we're talking about, what, five, six, at best seven SEC caliber players? It's been more evident to me this year than ever. And before the season started, I said, best case scenario, this team would go 6-6. Six and six. And the reason I thought that is a, maybe the rejuvenation and the change of pace would be able to make the team 
put forth a lot more effort, be put in a position to be more successful. I thought that. But, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and you got to see the results, and you got to start looking at the the real nitty-gritty of everything, and there is no doubt that this team lacks talent. Duh. I mean, stop traffic, but they lack talent. And it's just, it's frustrating for a Razorback fan to watch it. Because it makes you madder and madder at Brett Bielma for what he left Chad Morris with, but it also makes you mad at Chad Morris because he's the one that's losing. He's the one that's having to go out there and lose these games. But I'm telling you right now, folks, because, for instance, Arkansas was able to get Devin Bush to commit over the weekend, a four-star cornerback, which makes Arkansas have a top 10 recruiting class as of right now with 24 commitments. Top 10. They have 11 four-stars. That's the remedy. That's the recipe. Chad Morse is dealing with the cards he was dealt, but he can recruit his way out of it, and so far he's doing a fantastic job. And we all know how important recruiting is. But I think that the game plans, I think that the culture, I think the philosophy, I think all of that is in the right place. It's not perfect, but it's in the right place. You just need players. You just need talent. You just need Jimmys and Joes. And I'm telling you, I promise you folks, that if Chad Morris can keep this recruiting going, year two, year three, probably even year four, you're going to see vast improvements. You're going to see a much more fun and electric team. I promise you that. We just don't want to wait. We want to get out of this slump. We all want to get out of this slump of going over in conference again. Having a point in time where you have two, count it, two 0-8 seasons within a five-year span. We're on the verge of that. And it sucks. But how do you overcome it? What do you do with it? How do you get better? You recruit your way out of it. Chad Morris may not be perfect. He may not be having a great season. He may have had some growing pains himself as a coach coming into the SEC. But to fix it, he's doing all the right things. And to me, that's worth waiting for. But how long we got to wait? I guess time will tell. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. All right, moving on into the next segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. You know, there really wasn't that much greatness going on in the SEC itself. Alabama beats Mississippi State 24 to nothing, which all of you who had that 23 and a half point spread, uh, like I did in my Fenceman Pickums on the morning rush, I had Mississippi State finding a way to get this game close, but they couldn't. The defense shuts out Mississippi State from Alabama, 24 to nothing. Georgia takes care of business against Auburn, 27 to 10. No shocker there. Auburn sitting at 6 and 4. The probably a best going to go, well, I guess they will. They'll go best 7 and 5 because they're going to lose to Alabama. Kentucky with the, not up, no, excuse me, Tennessee with the upset over Kentucky, 24 to 7 in this game. So now Kentucky 7 and 3. 
Still think they're a good team, but man, if you're a Razorback fan, you got to be really bummed. A little bit of jealousy going through Tennessee and seeing that they have a first-year coach and they got two SEC wins already. I'm wondering where's your SEC win? Well, it's probably not going to happen. So, Florida gets the victory over South Carolina in a tough, tight one, 35 to 31. Missouri beats Vanderbilt by coming from behind, going up 33 to 28 and winning that one. Texas A&M takes care of business against Ole Miss, 38 to 24 over the weekend as well. But you know, the big news, I guess, coming out of the weekend was Bobby Petrino at Louisville getting fired. Not even being able to finish the season out. That's pretty brutal. But it's not surprising, given how terrible of a season this was for Louisville. 2-8, 0-7 in the ACC, arguably their worst loss of all time. Their only wins coming against Indiana State and Western Kentucky. They had given up. Now get this. Now just listen to these point totals of of what points they gave up. They gave up 51 to Bama. 66 to Georgia Tech, 56 to Wake Forest, 77 to Clemson, and 54 to Syracuse. Now, for those of you following along at home (laughs) to try to do your averages and try to figure out exactly how terrible that truly is, they're giving up 42 points a game. Giving up 42 points a game. Giving up 460 yards per game. And the thing is, their scoring is not much better. They're only averaging 21 points per game. So Bobby Petrino, the one that we all felt would never have a bad season, would always be an elite coach, would always find ways to have a good offense put together and have that militant type of mentality that would be able to push on and overcome just about anything. Well, not anymore. It's over. It's done. It's finished. Benito. Bow. All over for Bobby Petrino. And it makes you wonder where he's going to be able to go after this. But it was also not funny, but kind of crazy that not only was Bobby Petrino fired, but his son, Nick Petrino, who was the quarterback's coach at Louisville, was fired. And also the defensive line coach and linebacker coach both were fired because they were his son-in-laws. So what that kind of tells me is not only were there some problems on the horizon with the team not succeeding very well, But it also seemed like uh, there was some other issues going on there. And what I mean by that is it certainly seemed like you had a bunch of players not really respecting the whole family ordeal that Bobby Vitrino had built up. Because, listen, when Houston Nutt was at Arkansas, I remember it frustrate the dog out of me when he would have the Murray State Mafia, his crew, his squad, the people he would never touch, he would never fire, even though... They were absolutely abysmal at some of these positions, but it was his brother, Danny Nutt, who was the running backs coach. You had Mike Markison, who was the offensive line coach. You had James Shebest as the tight ends and special teams coach. You had a few guys, and he wouldn't touch. And no matter how bad things got, he wanted his boys. And that ended up being a major issue. And it was the same thing with Bobby Trino. I think it's the same thing that a lot of coaches have because it's what you do what you're comfortable with. You know you're just going to have a bunch of yes men that are going to do exactly what you say to never push back on it, to never even question or come at you about any type of issues that may be there. No, you just roll with it. Because why? Because what are you going to do? You're the coach. You're the head coach. And you like to be said yes to all the time. We all do. But in college football, it's got to be a lot more than that. It's got to be about being able to be successful at the highest level and being consistent with and also being able to adapt with the times. That's what makes Nick Saban such a fantastic coach. 
is not only is he good and elite at pretty much everything, but he's adjusted and he's changed. His 2009 Alabama team is completely different from his 2018 Alabama team. Night and day, philosophy and everything, because he adapted with the times and he knew what it was going to take to win. Bobby Petrino, I think, was a product where at one point in time he was great. I don't think he forgot how to coach. I don't think it was anything like that. But I do believe that at some point in time it caught up to him and it's like, listen, man, you can't run the program like this. People were going to stop responding. And it was he was in his fifth year at Louisville. And we all know that he doesn't last very long in a program. And I think he'll get another job somewhere. But there was no doubt that the ending to all of that was just so, so Bobby. It's so Bobby. How? How do you continue to screw up in so many ways everywhere you go? He might be the greatest football coach to never get out of his own way. And I've never seen anything like it. I don't know if we'll ever see any other coach like that. And I don't know if he's going to get another job, or if he does, I don't know where it'll be. But overall, I think we can all agree that it was a tough time. It was a tough out for Bobby Petrino at Louisville. It all comes to an end. And wouldn't it be the best troll job of all time if Jeff Long hired him at Kansas? I know it's not going to happen. But, man, wouldn't that be funny? Big double bird right there to all the – to all the Razorback fans, uh, that's just pipe dream. I don't know. Maybe you hire Houston Nutt. Maybe you hire Brett Bielema. Get the whole crew back together. That that would just be – I'd be fine with all three of those coaches because it would just be so perfect for what's been going on up there. Plus, we all know Jeff Long is the ultimate troll when it comes to doing things on social media to get people's attention. But either way, so long, Bobby. We hardly knew you. Locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. Now moving on into the final segment of the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. A lot of you will probably be listening to this as the uh, Razorback basketball game came to an end, but unfortunately with the time and recruiting it and or recording it and all that, uh, it ends up being kind of off balance. So if you're listening to it in Arkansas, which they probably won tonight, uh, then kudos to them but either way you know they had that game against texas on friday night and i gotta tell you they look better with that they they lost in a bad way you know they gave up a three they're in the end of regulation to send it to overtime you can't have that but overall i felt like arkansas was the better team in that game but you got to make your free throws man you got to be able to do those things it's as simple as that but they didn't they lost a game a brutal loss for the Razorbacks it's not the end of the world I still don't think they're going to make the NCAA tournament but you know the athleticism of this team is pretty incredible they have a lot of that now it's raw it's young it's inexperienced they're probably going to win some games they're not supposed to especially at home they'll probably lose some games that'll frustrate the dog out of you especially on the road it's gonna happen I'm just letting y'all know but there may be some promise to this team and at least they'll be exciting to watch. They'll be fun to watch That's the if that's the minimum that you hope for. So I know Razorback fans are looking for something to be excited about. I think the basketball team will have some excitement surrounding it. It'll at least be keeping you on your toes and keeping you interested. It's not like they're going to keep losing and losing and losing every single game. So you don't have to worry about that. There's a lot of good things about this basketball team. So I encourage you, if any of you have the chance, go and watch the games. Go and see this team play. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Gafford's going to be a big-time player. Isaiah Joe's a big-time shooter. Just check it out. Watch it. You won't be disappointed. You won't regret it. And I promise you, we'll have some fun with it on the podcast as well. Well, appreciate everybody listening into the Locked on Razorbacks podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes 
or on Google Play. We're also on Spotify. We're on Stitch. We're on all different formats. So check it out. You can also get after me on Twitter at Rush John Neighbors for any questions, comments, concerns you may have. Same podcast time, same podcast channel tomorrow afternoon. Have a great night, everybody. We will see you then. You are locked on Razorbacks, your daily Arkansas Razorbacks podcast. 